Welcome to Works in Progress, a podcast from the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. I'm Avishai Artsy. In the fall of 2021, the Department of Design Media Arts, or DMA, offered a class called Introduction to Ecological Art and Justice. The class brought together art and science students to create a group project that responds to the current climate crisis. Half of them are a collection of environmental science, biology, and and public policy students, yeah, and then DMA. Erin Cooney is a lecturer at UCLA and an alum of the department and taught the class. We're trying to create a space for students to train in collaborative process and problem solving. And the the strength of the arts is to tell stories. And uh, we are very interested in retelling the story of ourselves uh, in relationship to the natural world. We feel it's incredibly vital. And so we're bringing together these different disciplines that are necessary in order to tell that story responsibly. That's why we want to bring in our science students to do the research that's required. And for many of our students, it's the first time they've ever engaged in art making. And then for many of our DMA students, it's the first time they've worked in this way with non-artists and using research in their process. I mean, we're in a space where I think those fields need to be working together more anyway, especially as we're thinking about the Anthropocene and how we're dealing with climate change. And I think this class is a really exciting way to start thinking about how art contributes to how we change people's minds and thoughts about where they are and their place in nature and the environment. This is Leslie Foster, the TA for the class and a second-year grad student at DMA, and he acknowledged that it can be challenging for students who have such different approaches to research to work together and create something. Yeah, it absolutely is, but I also think that's the challenge of just working with other artists as a collaborator, so I think it's an important lesson either way, and I think folks who are going in the sciences are going to have to deal with that as scientists working collaboratively. So I think there's always going to be differences in points of view, and that was one of the big experiments, is how do we pull all this together and figure out how to work together on this. And on that note, to see ecological art injustice as a problem, you need to look at it from a systems perspective. So systemic problems require systemic solutions. This is Jen Hodes, a student in the class. And so to work together as a team is really the antithesis to all of these issues. They can't be solved in a linear way. They need to be solved non-linearly in a collaborative environment. It was the first quarter back in person since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. I met with Aaron, Leslie, and Jen as they were installing a final group exhibition at Broad Arts Center. So we're in the EDA gallery space that DMA uses for lots of gallery shows and other sorts of events. We are standing in the middle of an immersive environment. So we have uh, large screens on three walls that surround us. So we're in the middle of those three walls. And we are standing in the middle of the space amongst our sculptural pieces, which are inspired by butterfly chrysalis. And they are quite large and they are suspended from the ceiling and they're wireframe objects covered in different kinds of fabrics and filled with lights. And they're meant to be spaces for transformation. Dancing along the walls are images of leaves and twigs and water shot from the perspective of an insect. Leslie brought a group of students to the botanical gardens on campus to shoot for several days. Yeah, one of our students, Chloe, uh, did a lot of the editing on this. Um, We have the whole team kind of working on various elements, color correction, shooting. Um, But she did the editing and she went down and saw the Pipilotti Wrist show at Mocha Geffen and was really inspired by the transitions there and then brought that back to this footage. And I think it works so incredibly well, um, the way that it complicates and troubles the footage, mixing and matching the colors and the dimensions and the depth of field. I think it's great. Jen did the sound design for the project. I took existing sounds that were inspired by nature and I put them through an algorithm called pulse stretching, which 
takes sound and turns it microscopic so it zooms into the microtones and stitches them back together into this really visceral feeling. And so it was really fun to be able to explore. It was my first time doing audio design. And so I was definitely out of my element, but you know, it was quite the honor to be able to create something that will go into this space and shake people in that way. And it literally does shake people because <laughs> the sound is one of those, the basses solo that your body feels in, right? And I'm, I'm so happy that you caught that. That is so great because it's really important to have your body feel that sense in here. Erin says that this class was unlike most traditional classes taught in her department. The traditional way of doing instruction in DMA has been to assign individual projects to students, and students work on them by themselves. And in that way, they get to control every aspect of what they're doing. And what we're asking them to do in this course is very different. And students did find that challenging, to be honest. And to give up that sense of absolute control over the project, to make space for each other, and for ideas that maybe are not their own, to work on a project whose idea maybe wasn't their own. In fact, this idea is no one's in particular. It's our collaborative idea. And um, I'm excited for students to be training in that way, because as Jen mentioned, that's the kind of work we need to be doing to solve these big, large-scale problems that we're dealing with, including climate crisis. Can you walk me through the process of how you ended up landing on this particular way of presenting the work and what was the iterative process that led to this? We began with lectures, we began with readings. Students did research and, and presented their research to the class on the on the various readings they did. And then uh, we asked each student to come up with project ideas, project concepts, present them to the class, at which point we iterated on them. And that's when things got sort of mingled and muddied. You know, whose, whose idea was it anymore? It was the group's idea. And I have to tell you, it was a hard process to settle on a single idea. Um, it was scary. It was because there was a loss of control. There was trust. Trust was a huge part of this. But there was one particular class where we finally, we had different teams working in various ways on our installation. And we had a day where we came to the EDA. We got to see what the other teams were doing, how our work together came together and made something that singly we couldn't have made. And so there were kind of a few disparate ideas, but over time, I think really led by the students, they pulled them together into this single project that you see here now. And I think that was a really interesting journey and a good exercise in collaboration and collaborative thought as well. We fundamentally had to combine and recombine and get comfortable arguing and speaking up and addressing moments of tension and moving past them. It was heavily intellectual, but it was also heavily emotional. And I'm so grateful for the space and the opportunity to bring out that sensibility in the process of education itself. The reading assignments for the class looked at ecological crisis and environmental injustice and how tied they are to legacies of racial and social injustice. Looking at um, the history of our very city, right? Redlining, freeway building, who lives where and what kind of air they breathe. So realizing just in the in the space we live in, the colonial histories. I mean, it's, it's a vast topic, right? And then getting into other issues about, again, this idea of like, what is um, the human relationship to the natural world? For me, as the instructor, one of my biggest 
passions and biggest things I wanted to bring to this class and bring to students was the idea that human beings are not separate from nature. That has been the dominant narrative for centuries, and especially in the Western world, and it's caused so many problems. And so I really am very interested in pushing back against that particular story, and I framed so much of what we do um, with that in mind. And then we had readers like William Cronin, who wrote The Trouble with Wilderness, just a landmark essay that he wrote in the 90s um, about how nature is this construction we create um, and that humans are part of nature. And coming from an environmental philosophical point of view, we looked at Donna Haraway talking about positionality and realizing that objectivity doesn't mean the absence of the viewer. You must realize that the viewer is part and their positionality is part of the thing that they're viewing. So things like that, complicating the viewer and the perceiver, right? And as an, as an art maker, you know, that's a huge part. We've got to bring the perceiver, the art maker, and also our viewer into the work. And so I think what I'm really pleased about is how this installation is doing just that in several ways, right? We've got this GoPro that a student performer is walking around the space wearing, capturing images live of the viewers and which gets superimposed and layered on top of our quote nature footage right so complicating that relationship and reminding in a visceral way reminding the viewer that they are enveloped in these worlds that they're a part of them and they're not separate and then on top of that we have these beautiful chrysalis whose shadows are cast by the by the videos themselves and so we see their shadows on uh, the nature photos and it complicates that thing is that is the chrysalis in the video image itself or is it the shadow it's, you're confused um, this is also the first quarter that we're back in in person, um, still in the midst of a pandemic. How has uh, thinking about COVID-19 changed the way the students are working together and the subject matter itself? It's been wonderful to be back on campus. It's just such a transformation, just again, in that embodied sense to be around other bodies, to be around other people. It's not the same as on Zoom, you know? Um, and so that's been lovely. Now, you know, trying to give a lecture with a mask on is challenging, but you get used to it. And we, I sort of, now I'm at a point where I forgot I'm even, we're all wearing masks. It's become quite normal. Um, so I'm just happy to be here, to be honest with you. As for the subject matter, I think there's an urgency that so many of us feel because of the moment, whether it's COVID-19 or just realizing that we are so interdependent. COVID has taught us that. Climate crisis, uh, you know, environmental racism and justice, these issues teach us that. And so that's, it's sort of a part of the fabric of what this is all about. I mean, as a student, my first year at UCLA in the DMA program was all online. I was isolated in a basement. I was doing work alone. I was learning mediums alone. And so not only is the subject matter that we're working with here and the methodology that we're working through challenging, but just being around people again and having to interact with people again, you know, it's, it's working atrophied modalities within ourselves and bringing new life to them. You know, it's, we really had to go let parts of ourselves die. And this is kind of an aspect of that rebirth. Which clearly falls into our theme, you know, the, the butterfly became kind of a dominant um, metaphor throughout the process. Um, and there's actually a book that's going along that's being created for the class that kind of uses the stages of a butterfly's life to kind of mirror the stages of iteration that this project went through. Um, and I, I like that metaphor of us having to die. I mean, that's certainly my experience too. You know, as a second year grad, my first year of grad school here at DMA was 
doing this remotely. And so it's been really great to be able to come back to interact with undergrads. I, I, I really was missing that, actually. I talked about how there's not really an interaction with the rest of the school. You're kind of in your little siloed cohort. And so now to be able to work with undergrads, to be able to work as a TA in this space, in a physical space, has been really important. And just to, to kind of relearn how we interact with each other in that way has been beautiful. I'd say because I'm just inspired by the butterfly thing, is that that idea came from our biology student, Ogeshi, who uh, is fascinated by butterflies. She grows milkweed in her own garden because she is quite aware of the absolute sort of catastrophic issues happening to several butterfly populations, especially in Southern California. She brought that research to bear in this class. She sort of um, created that you know, central pillar of the chrysalis and the butterfly transformation has been this conceptual underpinning to what we're doing. So that was really exciting. And uh, her research is in the book we're creating. And, and as Leslie said, that book is, is um, being designed in such a way that it corresponds to the four stages of a, of a butterfly's development. So in bringing together um, artists and science students, it seems like part of what this class involves is also creating a model of working together, of kind of interdisciplinary research and, and practice, right? So is there a hope that something will grow out of this class that will continue beyond this quarter in terms of students collaborating or just students taking these lessons with them into their fields and continuing to develop them? I mean, my hope certainly is that from the art site, DMA students, you know, gain the love of that research and how that research can influence their art. I think that's really important. I hope the science students leave um, wanting to explore more in art. And also, like you said, I would love to see them work together again. I would love to see these collaborations continue. And there's also two classes that are part of a cycle that this is starting. Um, the next quarter will, uh, class will be taught by Peter Lonenfeld, and after that, Rebecca Mendez, who's the chair of the department. And so they kind of round out this cycle of classes that are considering this interdisciplinary approach. And I think that's really important. And I hope this is just the beginning of that happening. I hope this kind of spreads through the department, through the school. I think we really need to be thinking in these broader, more connected, more collaborative ways. Well, and to start stitching back together these fragmented understandings of art and science being fundamentally different disciplines, they work in the same way. They work through inspiration. They work through questioning paradigms. They work through asking yourself what needs to be changed and how to approach that. And the artistic process and the scientific process, each one is based heavily in investigation. And I am really excited about this being a model for how education can move in the future. Yeah, I, I think one thing that both the climate crisis and COVID-19 are teaching us is even when you have definitive science on your side, there's still the need for storytelling and the the need to convince people, right, to change their behavior, that the facts alone don't always yeah. do that. Right? And you've got to convince them not just with data and not just with rational argument. You've got to change their hearts. You know, that's the big thing. And that's what the arts can do. They can open people's hearts. That was Design Media Arts lecturer and alumna Aaron Cooney, teaching assistant and graduate student Leslie Foster, and undergraduate student Jen Hodes. You can see images of the class's final exhibition at arts.ucla.edu, along with links to some of the class readings. We'll also keep following the class as it evolves in the winter and spring quarters. I'm Avishai Artsy, Works in Progress is a podcast from the UCLA School of the Arts and Architecture. Thanks for listening and take care.